Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, this is Southpaws, episode 516, Time in Your Purse. I'm Saverin. I'm Fuzzwolf. And I'm Shiva. And we are back after an extended hiatus due to health and other bullshit to record a podcast for you tonight. So... <laughs> to be fair, some of that other bullshit was we came over here, we sat out on the patio, it was a really nice night, we bullshitted for two hours, and then we're like, well, I guess we're not recording this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the preceding week, you know, you had dental issues, and then the week after yeah. that was we were in Oklahoma for the weekend. Yeah, I was recovering from a tooth extraction, so talking on a podcast for an hour and a half is not really in the cards for you were me. on that old Tylenol 3 yeah yeah that, that was... stuff ugh. it always kind of faded me out it's so not even like the real hard shit but I didn't get a dry socket but it got infected yeah so I so the Tylenol 3 hit a point where it was doing nothing um and I was taking more of it than is like strictly advisable because I was just in that much pain so I went back to my dentist, they gave me antibiotics for that, and then they gave me a stronger medication than Tylenol 3. They gave you some of the real shit. It wasn't even real shit. It wasn't like it was Percocet or Oxy, um, but it was like, just Tyl- Tylenol 3 is the hydrocodone, hydroco- right? No, or is it codeine? No. Tylenol 3 is codeine and acetaminophen. This was hydrocodone in acetaminophen. No, it said Narcan, narco or something like that. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what yeah, because depending on what it's cut with, it's either Lortab, a bunch of other like name. Yeah, that like the main brand name. You know, yeah. It was Narcos. What was on the bottle? Yeah, the perils of getting old, kids. Yeah, um, <laughs> and having bad luxury bones. Yeah, but hey, you know, my insurance covered that, so that's cool. Um, and that shit did actually seem to help after a bit, so that's nice. And I have some left over, so if like I throw out my back or something like that, you know, you're good to go. I'm good to go. But it was very pleasant. Fuzz and I spent the weekend up in Oklahoma. We had some really good conversations with our longtime friends. I think at this point we've known the guys for probably 15 years at least it's been a hot minute at yeah. least uh wolf and i were talking and we can't remember when we actually like met and became friends but we think it's about 18 years for us yeah. i know exactly yeah. when it was it was a year that we were fucking uh guest of honor oklacon that's the weekend i really met them oh yeah oh because i hadn't been to oklacon before that weekend oh that was many so that moons was, ago uh, that was 2010 yeah so, so that was 12 years, 12 years 12 years ago wow um but i we think we knew each other before that because i remember hanging well, out with I wolf know at room parties we ended and up shit. meeting them prior to the genesis of fiesta mm-hmm. because yeah. they helped us get that started right. and i think we met them after a show at mfm yeah that like, sounds about right to me but you know getting old and all that yeah because we the weren't guess, the first to go i know right we weren't guests of honor until 2010 we started planning tff in 2008 yeah so i knew them before that and i remember meeting seesaw um he was manning the sub level three table in the um mfm dealer's room yeah and i had seen sl3 perform the night before and i was like yeah like i, I really uh 
heard their music before, but like I really enjoyed the show last night. And like, so he sold me like um, all their CDs at the time. They had like three or four. Of them yeah, at I have time. some of their old, old, old so CDs too. That's how I met Sea Salt and started talking to him. I had to sit but, and think of who Sea Salt was for a while. Yeah. Because I knew he his changed old, names. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, well, it's not the real name too. <laughs> Red Rescue right. character. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I've known them by as much of their real names as their personas for so long it's like same sea here salt? oh yep. right right change fandom like, names you know sea salts crashed at my house uh or apartment when he was in town on business at his old job and just you know we've uh, we've known the guys for a yeah. long long time it now. was an extremely nice weekend to just kind of catch up with friends you hadn't seen and it'd been like three four months it's always cool going up there because they got they got a wolf they that they're um fostering who's a, who's a rescue that they're fostering they have three huskies they have a clydesdale horse a, a donkey, donkey. Bunch and of deer. Like four deer. They have like a small herd. But there's all, but, so they have their own herd in a pen. But there's also like just um, wild deer in the area. And they'll put out feed for them uh, in buckets uh, on the ground and on top of their uh, tornado shelter. And like you could go up to one of the windows of the house and look out and you just. There's like 10 of them. Really cool view of, of all of this little herd of deer coming out and eating the. Um, like it's like the, and running the around stuff. and playing and it's, it's really neat. Yeah, yeah, um, it's it's really cool just to see like a bunch of different animals and like I took I took a couple pictures and everything like that. Yeah, it's they're they're doing good and it's good to see you know we're we're all getting older right and we're all doing pretty good. Yeah, it fills that Oklahoma shaped hole in my heart like mm-hmm. to go up to Oklahoma to be in like a semi rural kind of area just sort of vibe with the outdoors you know yeah weather was really nice too yeah like i, I, I was sitting outside on their patio for a bit like the, downs- was, the downstairs one then at one point like i was just vibing in the sunroom i had a husky on each side and watching a youtube video just having a nice quiet time you heard nature just it's nice to get away because like anthro expo and furry fiesta were not vacations for me but going up and seeing the guys was really nice and we got to have some really good conversations yeah um like the whole the genesis of the title of his episode time in your purse was something that uh wolf talked about he's like so how much time's in your purse and i was like well i got the same 24 hours most people's like no 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 no. how much time do you have left and i'm like well fuck if i know he's like that's right you don't know so (laughs) it's like you need to get your act together and do the stuff you want to do because you don't know how much time you have left and i was like yeah man that makes fucking sense and it was sort of like that because like i got some good news from my dad right his cancer's in remission officially now He's still got a couple rounds of chemo left, but his health isn't super fucking good. And neither is my mom's. And like, I was talking to the guys over the weekend that I messaged him some today and was like, yeah, like we're going to try to do some like close by bucket list kind of stuff for them. Like I'm going to go and help them out and just be like, all right, we're going to go out to the fucking Arbuckle wilderness. We're going to go out to see some dark sky. I don't know. Like go see the wildflowers and blue bonnets and stuff. Cause it's true. We don't know how much time we have left. We don't have, know how much time before everything goes to shit. And so you should really make effort to do those things while you still have these people around. Mm. And, like, my parents are not spring chickens. I've posted about, you know, I wish they could get above one hit point. But at their age, you know, you know they, they fall wrong 
and it's it's fucking over so like they're not quite so fragile but it certainly feels that way um and so basically just you know trying to spend time with them like i was just helping them do errands here on wednesday and that was just very pleasant because you know we had lunch together we picked up panda express and ate in my car at a park yeah, uh, you know it was breezy. The birds were chirping. No, not much traffic. Like a lot of just random shit I did with my mom. Whenever I would go back home to Florida to visit her, was running her to the grocery store or yeah. going out to the beach to see the ocean and shit like that. Yeah, you know? we. I took my dad home, and he just kind of vibed on the porch and was listening to a podcast. And took my mom to town talk and helped her with that because, like, she's got her own issues. So I ended up, you know, finishing up the shopping for her. And just, it was like, yeah, you know, how much time is in their purse? And sure, I don't fucking know. And so it's like spending time with them needs to become higher priority in my life because I don't know how much time I've got with them. And, we don't know how much time any of us. Yeah, not. exactly. And when it comes to stuff like that, like, you know, how the guys, they would re- they record their conversations in the evening sometimes. Yeah. And like, I've done some of that with my parents because like, Good. I'm really you know, glad. I've got an hour or so of video. We just sat up on the porch had my little webcam and just talked to them about like their their childhoods and growing up and how did they meet and all this other stuff that like you know it's the minutiae of their life but it's stuff i didn't necessarily know yeah and i can refer back to when that happens you know when i do lose yeah. them. i told saverin that like the one regret i had was that like i didn't record any conversations with my mom and she passed in 2011 so like iphones weren't as advanced as they are now and stuff but like if i had that to do over again i totally would have done it so i'm glad glad you've been doing that because like you know even if they're in perfect health you know it's like you should just sort of do that if you have a good relationship with family members record a few conversations you never know what the next day is going to bring whether you have one year or 30 years left, you know, you don't know. Yeah, and this was something just like the guys kind of impressed upon me because, you know, they have their own reasons for doing that. And it's like, right, they're they're so fucking right. You know, you think of the moment, but I was like, yeah, I don't have recorded conversations with them. I don't have video of them so much. I've got photos that I've taken with them, but that's not a lot of them. And so, like, again, these dudes being good examples to me, and I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. You know, they're my furry elders in a way. And so it's like, yeah, I need to, like, transmit their ideas to the people. Because it's it's important. Like, if you, you know, and don't leave shit unsaid. Because, goddamn, yeah. man. Like, I was hearing everybody talk about, like, oh, yeah, growing up and talking about the shit with their parents. And I was thinking, fuck, I don't, I don't have any of this kind of trauma I don't have really any of this shit. Like, yeah, like I didn't have a ton of friends growing up because, you know, we were poor and that was like a status issue at my parents' church and stuff. But I had friends. Yeah. Like I didn't have a ton. I wasn't popular, but I had enough and they did their fucking best for me. And I made sure to tell them that, that they did a good job because, you know, again, who knows how much fucking time you have. Um, here I am getting emotional. Fuck. But I mean, you, you kind of got reasons. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I felt really lucky. Yeah, no, that's um, cool. That's great. <laughs> Insert sip of uh, recordling premium Swedish hard cider 
Uh, strawberry lime. It's very tasty. I'm having the passion fruit tonight. What are you drinking, Chava? Uh, mine is peach raspberry or mango raspberry. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> They're all very fruity. Yeah, it's, good. It's, it's real good stuff. Um, the the strawberry lime is probably my favorite. Passion fruit is my second. I hadn't had this one before, but I knew that those are good. But mm-hmm. I figured I would share. Because they yeah. are delicious. It's really yeah. good. Really low ABV too, so we're not getting like shit faced on the podcast or anything. Yeah. Nope. It's just mm-hmm. Saverin getting emotional. Yeah, it's uh, it's made over in Sweden, so <laughs> cool. Swedish made alcohol in cider. Yes. Uh so shifting topics, I guess, slightly. Um, this is more of a a bit inspired by the weekend and conversations too. Is like, man, the furry fandom really needs to get its fucking solidarity together. Because mm. a couple nights ago, there was a post by some fucking boot, some army brat, making a violent threat towards the baby fur panel at FWA, specifically because it's an eighteen plus only panel. Not that it's adult, but that way they can restrict access to kids. Mm-hmm. They want it to be adult baby furs. And it really was disturbing to me how many of these fuckers and their replies, because this is some shark furry that has like 10,000 followers nearly, mm-hmm. talking about, quote unquote, clearing the room militarily, which is to say killing everybody inside. And that's a very fucked up thing to say. And this person was reported Especially to... when you have the training to back it up. It's not like some rando who's never picked up a gun like me saying, I'm going to go and shoot a bunch of people. Like, I don't have the training or the equipment to actually back up that so threat. So, it, it wasn't that it was baby first, that it was 18 plus? <clears throat> well, the fact that no, it was it baby was, first. it was baby first. So, what's... He was calling them pedophiles. What's fucked up is they're like, oh, baby first are all pedophiles and groomers, except their, their panel is 18 plus, specifically so that they don't have children there. They yeah. don't want children. Right. They don't want to groom them. They want them to stay far away. They this want one... to enjoy their fantasy of being a, a child in their head, basically. They don't want the real kids at this panel. And it's like, that seems fine. It's not It's not my kink. But there's a lot of things that go on in the fandom that are not my kink. Like, if you removed everything from the fandom that's not my kink, you would have no baby furs, no pup furs, no fursuits. This is why I'm not in charge of all of furry. You are not the Pope of furry. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, when I see those panels on a schedule, you don't go you know to what them. I do? I don't go to them. And I don't make violent threats towards them. I'm just like, I'm either going to be at dinner with friends or there's a writing panel or do what we did at Anthro Expo, yeah, where we go and dance at the Sub-Level 3 show. It, it's not like it's the gathering of maps, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like you have these people with platforms who say this shit. And in this particular case, they actually were, because they were reported to the con and stuff, they backpedaled very hard. and Like, oh, it was just a joke, guys. What's the fucking punchline, huh? Um, was the majority reply. Um, but this person made this joke. Her replies, her replies were just full of people like cheering this shit on. People like, oh, you know, steal some flashbangs from your base, blah, blah, blah. And then after the apology, people back patting them saying, oh, you don't have to apologize. Oh, you did nothing wrong. Or, oh, I agreed with your yeah. post. And, and like, honestly, 
Cons need to become a lot more heavy-handed when it comes to threats of violence against panels or the con in general. Like, this person has a name. They've attended conventions in the past. Like, if it was up to me, they wouldn't get to go to any conventions for, like, five years because fuck you. Yeah, maybe you'll have um, grown a little by the time you're, like, 30. Because we're in an environment right now where queerness itself, any flavor, is under threat. They're going after trans people, but you know they're going for queer people, too. And if you're gay, if you're lesbian, if you're bi, it doesn't fucking matter. If you're a little weird. If if you're you're not not, straight, you're the enemy. If you're not vanilla straight, because they will go after the kinksters, and they will go after anybody that's not plain old Jane. Yeah, they'll go after the leather people. Yeah, but that's the thing. Anyone who has sex out of marriage that's not between men and women to procreate will eventually come under fire. Intra-fandom attempts to split off... The baby furs, the pup players, the feral furs, the fat furs. The fucking mursuiters, even. The, you know. Like, there's always a lot of fucking outrage about people that have sex in fursuit. And it's like, that's no different than, like, putting on a fucking Batman costume. I just want to tell these fuckers to fix sex. your fucking heart. Or you'll die separately, the same as all of us. Yeah. You know. The sin that we all bear is the fact that we're furries at all, not because such and such is a bit too kinky. You know, playing respectability politics with the fandom is not going to fix anything. It's only going to divide us further. And the point is that we can't let these kinds of divisions go, especially right now. We sure as fuck can't be calling baby furs all a bunch of pedos, especially with the right wing's bullshit of throwing the word groomer around everywhere. Motherfucking Pepper yeah. Coyote put his fucking foot in his mouth saying that shit, and he rightfully got called out. Like, yeah. you can't let yeah. that shit slide. And yeah, it sucks because it's some dude we like, but he fucked up. Like, you call people, you know, you're going around, oh, you know, you're into feral, you're a fucking zoophile, you're into fucking baby fur, you're a pedophile. Cut that shit out, because... You're not helping anybody no. with this. <clears throat> and that's the same stuff that's getting slung around about about the LBGT group in general. That, and that's why they're using it as ammo to take any kind of material after schools. Um, because we're using it to groom children. Yeah. I think they have, they call the they call leather pork- people groomers. They call the pup players groomers. It doesn't fucking matter. But I they mean, just I'll- see that the existence of gay people, and, and this is the, the disconnect, because... <clears throat> These people view that gay people are not born, they are made. They believe that being gay is a choice that we all made, you know, for funsies. They believe that trans people did it because they were bored. Or because they're perverts. Yeah. Like, you're going to actually make the active decision to be like, you know what? I'm going to voluntarily become a member of the most maligned and discriminated against minority in the country right now. But that's the thing that people need to realize that when these fuckers say these things, they are saying it out of the belief that we all chose to be queer in whatever flavor. And you can't give them an inch. You can't say, yeah, you know, I'm gay, but that dude over there in the pup hood, fuck him. He's a bit too gay. You can't do that. And like right now, especially with Florida, I mean... Even Texas. In Texas, but... Like, I put, I don't know if I put the link in the chat. I didn't. There was this long shot motherfucker who's oh, trying yeah. to run for the Georgia governorship who literally put a thing that she was going to ban furry stuff from schools. No, quote, furry, unquote, paraphernalia in schools allowed. And it's like, 
this is obviously going back to that fucking um litter box litter box thing but the fact that she thinks that furry is a suspect class that needs to be banned from schools that's incredibly fucked that's literally you know we joked about it in the past that's literally fucking persecution um they want to know what persecution is well motherfuckers yeah and it's so frustrating because you have everybody's operating off of different definitions and like when you play this respectability politics games you have to understand it doesn't matter how vanilla how safe for work how cutesy and unscary your persona is your sin is that you're furry at all that you aren't you know going to church and saying you aren't your one prayers. of the good ones there are no the good yeah ones. yeah like you're you know being these little pick me gays it doesn't matter if you're a furry you are bad to these if you're fuckheads. lbgt at you're all bad like because they fully believe they are operating from the stance that you chose this you cannot give them an inch mm-hmm. and you don't have to like what people do in the bedroom to have solidarity with them like that's just not, I'm not a thing i'm not a fan of baby furs and i even prefaced that thread i posted on twitter like look i'm not a baby fur and i realized that trying to split these groups off from the fandom is parallel to trying to split trans people out of lgb they're part of this scene whether you like it or not if you let us to, if you just, let them divide us we're all much easier to pick off yeah you know we can it sounds cheesy but we <clears throat> fight together or hang separately yeah the fact that I have to say this in 2022 feels silly, but it needs to be reiterated. This is also this particular threat is also even more alarming because I don't remember if it was like a month ago or more or less. There's like literally an alt right furry did um, did a mass shooting event in Portland. In, in Portland, yeah, and like this is a guy that apparently some furries like I'd never heard of him before, but apparently some furries knew who he was. Knew he was bad news. Had been warning people for a while that this guy is potentially dangerous. He's into some fucked up shit. He has some fucked up beliefs, and he went on to like was like kill one person, he, injure three, or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like when people say this shit, we as a fandom have to like come down hard on them. We have yeah. to stamp this kind of rhetoric out because if you have somebody with. 10,000 followers even if they do the mea culpa and like run back with their tail between their legs mm-hmm. it could put the seed of action into someone else's head also mm. when you have a five-figure number of followers on twitter you have of an you have a platform you have a voice and like that many people are following you you legitimize things by saying them on twitter yeah like, and by to all that of audience. your little people me tooing that legitimate exactly it. yeah and yeah. that was the really alarming thing because so many people were like "Ooh-rah, yeah get them pedos like in an ideal post. world you would have had like a hundred replies being like that's Fuck fucked you. up you shouldn't say shit like that and you like, delete that shit i blocked the shit out of them after reporting them and like will it do anything i don't know probably not but like this shark motherfucker needs to lose their account they don't need to be welcome at any conventions. Like, they post a quote-unquote joke to their quote-unquote following of 10,000 people. That's a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a, you know, 69 follower account, this AD, 
Well, I wouldn't have seen it in the first place, but if you're this big platform with your fucking socialist teeth icon in 2022, BLM and ACAB, except for the fact I want to kill all these baby furs. Yeah, it was disturbing. How many people in those replies, either trans flags in their icons, and they had a lot of BLM and ACAB in their in their profiles. And it's sort of like, how are you going to be like ACAB, but lick this fucking boot? of some army person who thinks that shooting up a room full of innocent people is like a cool thing yeah like like like, no those that that doesn't make sense i'm honestly to the point that i will completely disregard the bios of those people because it's literally because you want to look good your words and your actions show a lot more about your character than putting a bunch of fucking signifiers in your bio. And it sucks that that's the case. But it's like, you see these people with their, like, ooh, socialist teeth, look at my icon, I'm tearing a blue line flag, look at me, I'm a big old lefty. Also, those guys are degenerates who need to die. I should call the FBI on them. You are a fucking traitor to your own claimed ideology. It's so fucking hypocritical to see these people say these things because they're only wearing them to look cool and they don't actually believe it. They just like, oh, well, this is the trend of the fandom. I better put that in my bio to be cool. You know, it's so fucking common to see this shit. Yeah. And, you know, they think they're being good little leftists when they're telling that they want the state to kill people, just kill people outright themselves. I was going to try to say a word, but I can't right now. I'm fired up. Um, so yeah like that was disturbing to see I mean the hammer did come down and they backpedaled hard but like I still did a like name search of that person and found the stragglers that were still like no dude you were being based you don't need to fucking apologize and blocked their asses too you don't get to fucking say that shit it's it's real frustrating and like on the con side of things any sort of violent threat towards a con is just a massive fucking headache don't do it please it makes all of us have to work way harder because you might have to hire more security you might have to get the local pd involved it's just a pain in the ass and you could end up arrested which would be funny you know let's see how fucking hard you are boot boy when you get into fucking dallas's county lockup for the weekend or anywhere else just don't i hope at the very least fwa is preemptively banned this person well they're well aware and see that's the other thing too is like baby furs are one of the longest and oldest subcultures in our little community they're on a lot of con staff a lot of con staffs and a lot of con like there's even a few con chairs and so like they're as much of the furry deep state is like <laughs> we are somewhat the other thing to remember is that cons talk to each other and like if a major issue comes up like this your name will be known by all of the conventions. Now, whether they have the ability or the backbone to actually preemptively ban you is a different story, but they'll be fucking watching. They'll certainly flag your name in the system. Yeah. So, you know, just keep that in mind. And we're back. Okay, so I just saw this tweet. It was uh, It's posted by Arillin. She's one of our authors. Business idea combination laundromat and dispensary called high and dry (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah that would be a a good combo like you do the you do your laundry and that makes the time go way faster yeah you could like just get baked while you're sitting there like waiting for your dryer to get done you know you could just stare and watch the dryer and be like 
damn. Oh, man, you would see some shit. And, like, it would make tolerating the random children running around screaming far easier, probably. So, yes, we have wrapped up that particular topic, but there is still more to discuss because we have other things that have gone into, like, hey, here's this pic from Inusama of a big dick going into a pussy, and they're tied. It's hot. Um, I put it into the show chat. It's nice. Anyways, that's not a topic we're going to talk about because that's that's very porn. It's very hard to uh, describe the image when it comes to uh, that in uh, audio form and might be, be uncomfortable for people. So we're not going to do that. Moving forward, though, um, we like barbecue around here, and it's actually been yep. disappointing. I've, this was posted into one of my local chats. And apparently, Hard Eight Barbecue, the local chain, has been shorting their employees in one location to the tune of $867,000. They were pooling tips with the managers, they were not paying people overtime, they were fucking around for a really long time. Like, I'm talking 200 something, no, 910 workers yeah. over $867,000 in back wages. And this is an audit that was done by, I guess, the Labor Department. Yeah. And um, they've put out a statement denying it. Oh, of course. The Hard Eight family. Her, fuck that shit when it comes to restaurants, especially. Yeah. But it's like, this was their, like, one of their premier restaurants because Roanoke is kind of a, it's a suburb south. It's in between Fort Worth and Denton. And they're only, the only fucking reason you go there is because they've got a bunch of restaurants and it's near the uh, raceway. The Texas ah. Motor Speedway. Right. Um, so you go there, you get vaccinated, and then go out to eat. Sure. Because right, right. Got it I was like, Motor Speedway. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Fuzz? And then I remember they, they use that spot as a inoculation. mass vaccination mm-hmm. yeah. site. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was really smooth too. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck are you? Ta- oh, right. But that was smooth. disappointing. Because like a freshly shaved twink. Yeah, Let's you don't get ex- ready to vaccinate. <laughs> I mean, 110 workers, nearly a million dollars in stolen wages. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of fuckery. Wage theft is still the largest form of theft that goes on in this country annually. I mean, yeah, like, that's more so than any violent crime car theft housing theft or anything like that yeah it's just impressive though i mean yeah it's like a thousand bucks for each employee it's not equal obviously but still yeah that's i mean a thousand bucks is a lot of money to some folks well yeah especially for a restaurant worker yeah because i mean they're not if this is the wait staff they're paid like 213 an hour plus tips and if you've got managers dipping their hands in because Oh, we work hard too. We're family. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, but you motherfuckers are not being paid two thirteen an hour. Yeah, and so that's a real fucking bummer because that was like was the go to barbecue place to take out of towners around here, and it's like, well, now what? There is a really there's like there's a couple of really good spots, but they're like out in fucking McKinney, and that's a hell of a drive. Mm. What's that like an hour north of here? Yeah, it's it's a ways. Like, there are other good barbecue joints, but it's just disappointing that to find the one of your go-tos uh-huh. is, like, scummy. Because yeah. I can pretty much guarantee if they're doing it in Roanoke, they're also doing it in, at the, like, Irving location. Capel. Or Capel, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, well, shit. Because <laughs> anytime we'd have an out-of-towner that wanted to go get barbecue that wasn't, like, dickies the mcdonald's of barbecue yeah like go, a chain place yeah yeah well 
So that's actually really disappointing for us that are locals that it's unsurprising small business tyrants deciding they're like gonna short their their staff because yep. they're family. So leading on from that topic, like you know, like barbecue, like a good bone in pork chop, but other than that, the only bone I care about is Mr. Wolf's. That's right. And the question is, when will we get to see Mr. Wolf's cock? And the answer is, literally the day the trailer came out. Yeah. Uh, people saw just go that, to E621. They saw that George Clooney-looking dude and went to town. <laughs> you know, I was I was saying, I was I was talking to Tyrion and Ajax about this earlier, and it's like... Or, it's George Clooney's suit from Ocean's Eleven, man. Yeah, it's... it's He's Danny Ocean as yeah. an anthropomorphic wolf. <laughs> and he has like a snake and a shark and a spider buddy. And there's the fox lady whom he bones, I guess, maybe. It's a kid's novel series, so they probably don't. But <laughs> in, fa- in in furry art, they sure can. Oh, man. I mean, those, those kids are going to grow up and they're going to be posting that on AO3. They're just and then must- they'll discover for affinity in a whole new world. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Between this and turning red and other such stuff, yeah, there's going to be a fresh generation of furries, you know, when we see a and rush of red panda personas in a year or two, mm-hmm. you know, that we know where that'll come from. But I'm, yeah, there was an... I'm glad there is another movie that will perpetuate the, the, the wolf species into furry fandom. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the animation in that movie from the trailers looks fucking sweet. Yeah. The the use of 2D elements in there, kind of like how they did in the Puss in Boots trailer, mm-hmm. um, but more so for this. I mean, it looks almost like a furry Lupin the Third, right? And how like the presentation, like I think it's even set in France, which so, would be pretty sweet. I haven't I seen the bad guys yet, but I'll tell you another furry anthropomorphic movie that I did see recently that. Fuck you! I don't care. I really enjoyed it. Is Sing Two? I've heard that's real good. I'm not gonna judge you for that shit. No, no. I'm talking more to anyone who may be listening and be like, "Oh, Fuzz has terrible taste in animation or something like that." So, in other furry fodder news, have you seen the new Wow trailer? Yeah. But yeah, talk about they look like outright Scaly's fucking Drew the new class. Yeah. They look like they fucking hired some Scaly's. To do character design because they are straight up dragon dudes. They're furry dragons. Yeah, the drag there. Yeah, Um, there's like, well, they know who they're pandering to. Yeah. The thing is, even my non furry guildies were like, fuck, I want to be a dragon. Yeah, and like, there is that one meme, I think I posted it in the show chat that was like, Jordy LaForge, like, doing the the hand thing oh yes to the human versions and like yeah to the dragon versions <laughs> um, it kind of sucks that they're limited to a single class and ra- combo like they're basically a hero class a bit like the demon hunters are yeah um because like drac there can only be evokers evokers can only be drac there they're, they're just scaly shamans basically because yeah. they're caster dps or their healers congratulations you made furry shamans that use the female worgen skeleton rig which is fine. So I guess we should circle back around to the the actual topic there. Yeah. Wolfcock. Wolfcock. Very important Rolling topic. Stone, for some fucking reason, decided they needed to write a whole ass article about furries being thirsty for an anthropomorphic wolf in this new movie. Written by E.J. 
Dixon. <laughs> Spelled D-I-C-K-S-O-N. He is the son of Dick. Um, <laughs> basically, it's just yeah, like, Yeah, I'd hey, like Thor to meet him and be like, hello, son of Dick. <laughs> Mr. Wolf, the slick protagonist of the upcoming DreamWorks release, The Bad Guys, looks like a classic American male sex symbol in the grand tradition of Cary Grant, Harrison Ford, and Brad Pitt. To that end, the character is promoting hordes of thirsty comments on the internet. Mr. Wolf isn't attracted to you or anyone else. He's in love with me, reads one representative tweet. <laughs> Another is more to the point. When do I get to see Mr. Wolf from Bad Guys cock in the movie? For those interested, there's plenty of fan art on Twitter where you can see just that. Basically, it's like, oh, it's a bunch of furries are thus thirsty for Mr. Wolf and other characters in the movie. I, I'm shocked. Shocked. Who could have predicted uh, this? See. The fandom is going wild for it right now. Caber Seifert, a digital artist and fursuit maker, says to the bad guys, I think it, what resonated in the fandom is the main character of Mr. Wolf. He's a suave guy with a fun art style that really appealed to the artists in the fandom. Almost immediately after the trailer dropped late last year, furries gravitated to the bad guys and to Rockwell's character in particular. On TikTok, the bad guy's hashtag has nearly 100 million views, with top videos largely being thirsty fan edits of Rockwell's character. <laughs> there are more than a thousand pieces of bad guy's themed fan art on Not Safe for Work Furry art site E621, most of which feature a muscle-bound Mr. Wolf and various I wonder of- how much uptick <laughs> E621 is after getting that dropped. There's a <laughs> website where there's porn? <laughs> E621 Google? <laughs> there are more than a thousand pieces featuring muscle-bound Mr. Wolf in various states of concupiscence. I'm guessing that's he's, he's being hard. I don't know. That's a big word. Mm. Um, or in compromising positions with Diane Foxington, a sultry power suit wearing fox. Did they, did they just use the that the excuse to write this so they can use their word of the day from the calendar? I guess. And they were just like, yo, we want an excuse to go to E621 and fucking like jacket to the furry smut and i'm like on company time i'm like look fuck off i'm doing research you can do this anytime you want that's the secret that's the secret cap i'm always horny Um, so yes people are comparing him between wolf and nick wilde and actually it was a big point people like it's better not be fucking copaganda he better not end up a cop at the end of the film and he does not it's it's a whole ass article that includes several pieces of safer work art from furries it has links and citations yeah um and one someone wrote it two someone approved this wow that means someone can write about how horny furries are about this character in the wikipedia article for this movie and they can actually cite the rolling stone article mm-hmm <laughs> The Bad Guys is projected to gross millions upon millions of dollars upon its release April 22nd. DreamWorks, in all likelihood, won't care who is paying for those tickets or where that money is coming from. Still, in the absence of official furry recognition from mainstream entertainment, members of the fandom will likely continue to simp after Mr. Wolf without recognition, posting one erect lupine phallus at a time. Also, DreamWorks could not be reached for comment. Yeah, DreamWorks is like, (laughs) we ain't saying shit. Um... But this is a whole ass article posted on the internet asking by Rolling Stones, not some obscure little magazine or site. Rolling fucking stone. I mean, look, slow news day. Sure. Whatever. But it is very funny because like, yes, the furries are very thirsty for that because, hey, look, all the characters in this are adult. You don't got to be weird about like making a turning red Sona. Like, no, no, they're totally a fucking adult. Promise. Because all the kids in Turning Red are literally like 13. Very cute movie, but please don't. Yeah, but you see, the movie takes place in 2002. So now you could draw versions of them that that take place in 2022, and they're all like 30. 30 30-something, yeah. They're just like, ah, my fucking back, ow. (laughs) Or 
Ah, my joints. The cold weather oh, in the north. Geez. Even when I transform, my panda knees tell me when it's going to rain. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I can TF, but whew, I really takes it out of me. I can only do it so many times. I can't double jump anymore. <laughs> May got that shit down. She was double jumping through the air, just transforming, untransforming. I like, think we've mentioned it before, rules. but Turning Red was it a yet. really good movie. I, I have it on my laptop right here if you want the files. Oh, no, I've got it. I just okay. haven't had time. It's really cute. I liked it a lot, and it's very furry. Meanwhile, I watched it legitimately on Disney+. Plus. Well, speaking of <laughs> Disney+, Plus, I illegitimately watched Star Wars Visions yesterday. Oh! That fucking ruled. I've been Wait, my... did you not watch Visions before? I hadn't yet. I didn't You'd have just access been to in... it. Visions is great. You'd just been enjoying the art of Lop, but yes. you hadn't actually seen... Lop and Ocho was the second one I watched, okay. and it was really cute. Um, and Lop I, is an awesome character. I'm not even talking like porn of Lop, like just the design, really cool artwork of Lop. The art she's got a, of that shit. Is Lop? She's the bunny. She's the bunny, oh, the bunny Jedi. Um, she's just a really cool character. Her design's really neat. I like the samurai one. That yeah, was my the, favorite. The first one, like the mm-hmm. black and white, kind yeah, of sketchy one. That yeah, was, was my cool favorite. Where he's just like collecting the. I like the one crystals. with Lop, and there was another one I really liked, and I cannot. <sighs> there was the remember. twins one that was super over the top. Well, that was you know who made that one, right? That was Studio Trigger. I was gonna say, yeah, it's uh, Studio B- Trigger. B-N-A, Trigger is um, like an- absolutely bonkers anime. Yeah, like they got their start doing like the- these are the people that did Gurren Lagann and Panya's Stalking. Or? I don't know. They also did. Uh, Kill a Kill. The only one I watched was BNA because BNA, hot uh, Space girl. Patrol Luluco. I didn't see that um, one. They, they've done a bunch. And they're all over the top. Yeah, they're all really over the top. The only one that wasn't over the top that Trigger did was Kisniver, but that one was, it was okay. Oh god. You just rattled through it. It's the one where everybody gets naked. Kill a Kill. Kill Oh my god, that one is. So over the top. Is that the one where like the main character changes genders when they get wet? No, no, that's Ranma. That's oh, Ranma okay. half. That's ancient. Shows how much I know about Anim. <laughs> it's okay though. We 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 don't judge. Um, <laughs> oh yes, we do. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's this... okay, Fuzz. You're not a weeb. <laughs> but I, I did actually get around to seeing that, and it was really good. Okay. We've um, been watching Boba Fett because we're way behind, and have been saying and wondering what the fuck is this <laughs> because it is so different from Mandalorian. I wouldn't call it bad, but it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I I enjoyed it. It's weird in how it's set up, though, because they're all very short series, series number of episodes in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. And Boba Fett starts with its Boba Fett show for about half the season. And then it becomes Mandalorian season three. I'm only halfway through, so I ju- that just hit that transition. So okay, yeah. Um, so that happens, and you know what I I think may have happened is that in the middle of the production of these shows, like COVID happened, and maybe they had to like scale back something or rearrange something in schedule or something like that because as a whole the season feels very kind disjointed. of kind of uneven yeah i mean it's good i enjoyed it but just looking at it from a 
outside storytelling perspective, it has a very kind of uneven feel. Like, there's just a hard shift, like, halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're doing a rewatch of The Expanse. Oh, I I did that right when I knew the final season was dropping. I started, I I did a rewatch. And we're partway through season two Mm -hmm. at that part. And it was just really cool. Watching those doors and corners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorish Agdash. She's Asravala. I think it's Sorish Agdashlu. Well, yeah. I love her voice. She's good in oh, everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, her gravity. I love it. She um, was a voice in um, Genlock early on. Yeah. And, like, her fucking voice is just immediately and recognizable. She's in that league. She's um, in Destiny, too. That that league one that just came out. Why can't I remember it with, like, a. Jinx and Vi. oh Arcane. Yeah, she was in Arcane. Wait, maybe I was mixing up Arcane and Genlock. Maybe she was. She? I think she was in Genlock as well. Okay, um, but yeah, but yeah, she was in Arcane. She's the character even kind of looks like her. She's in also Arcane. apparently the lead character in a new Dragonlance game. Ooh, because I they, they did a D and D direct because you know who needs the fucking stage show anymore? We just hey, we're going to throw it up on Twitch. (laughs) And they're talking about, like, their plans for the future in the near term. Um, You know, some, like, dungeon toolkit stuff, and they're bringing Spelljammer back. But they're also bringing back Dragonlance. And and to do that, they're also bringing back some games, and it's a game. And she is voicing the main character. And I sent the link to her, like, holy shit, Asravala got sent back through time! Because it's, (laughs) it's her voice. She only has her voice and it's what a voice um and she's yeah. like the main character and i'm like hell yeah I'm, yeah I'm she's always definitely one of the standout work. characters in in the expanse like um, she steals every scene she's in yeah so well in the books that character stole it too i loved her in the books and she was oh i fell in love with her in books i'm so glad they brought her in earlier in the show because she's amazing yeah yeah and i think there was another show like that that was based on a series of books. Oh, it's the one where, like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't even remember it now. It's like Blade and Shadow and Blood or something. It was on oh, that Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone. Yeah, we were talking about this, how that one guy and his group they show up it. in, like, book three or something like that. But because he's such a cool character, he's in season one of the the show. Yeah. So they, they rearrange things a little bit. Yeah, they kind of remix the three books. And Shora it's, is it's actually better... from Iran. Yes, she's Iran- Iranian. Okay, that's cool. I, I just pulled up her IMDb page because I was like, she's been in a million fucking I, I things. I want to say she moved here in like the 70s or something like that on Wikipedia. All right. Anyways, yeah, she's really fucking cool and I'm glad she's still getting work. I just was like super excited because they were talking about the various bullshit stuff going on for D&D. Because they're going towards fifth and a half edition. Yeah. Because fifth edition's been out for like six years at this point. Mm. And they're just updating the rules and making some changes. And the uh, grognards are getting their panties in a bunch. Fuck those guys. And I was just like, holy shit. Asuravala is in D&D. Yes. I like. I do like having these little diversions where we just talk about actors. Yeah. That, that we like. I, like I was saying to Savin earlier, I'm going to a movie this weekend for the first time since oh, 2020. We're going to go see uh, Everything Everywhere all me the time. Too. Yeah. Um, and Michelle Yeoh is the main character, and like I, I, I really like her. So we've been watching Discovery. We just so you've get... seen seen her quite a bit. Yeah. Then. So yes. when I, it's like I heard I heard Rumbles have pulled up the the trailer. It's like, huh, that looks good. As soon as Ajax and I saw that trailer, we were like, 
oh my god, we have to see this fucking movie. It looks right up our alley. So, me and Cyan are doing a double header tomorrow night. We are going to go to uh, Alamo Drafthouse. Uh-huh. We're, I can't remember which order we're seeing that, but we're seeing that and the, like, uh, unbearable burden of massive talent. The oh, new nice. Is, that came out already? That yeah. That came out this week? Oh, yeah. I really want to, I'm going to wait for um, uh, probably streaming or iTunes to see that because I'm not going to like a lot of movies right now, but... Yeah, I saw the trailer for that too. And it's it's Nick Cage playing Nick Cage, and I'm just so it looks so good. <laughs> we're gonna go in, have dinner in one of the two. Like if we're hungry, we'll have dinner in the first one. If we're not, we'll have you know eat it with the second one. But we're gonna go out, and you know Sarah's down in Houston going to that LCS the league finals uh, with a friend. So Sam and I were gonna do date night and go watch, see a couple movies. Sounds nice. Yeah, I thought it sounded great fun. Yeah, I, I like the fact that there is a like Nicolas Cage documentary that's actually apparently really fun. Well, is... it's not a documentary. It's just oh, it's a movie? It, it's a fictional movie where oh, he's playing like a... himself. Oh no, it, it's no. Nicolas Cage oh. playing himself. Like this himself guy is getting... in like the mafia or something, and he's like a really big Nicolas Cage fan. So the FBI hire Nicolas Cage to go undercover to be Nicolas as Nicolas Cage. Cage to befriend this this guy and, okay. and who's the other actor he said he's oh uh the doogie hauser's in it um oh neil patrick harris is in that oh, of course no i mean the the, the actual oh, guy he's... it's the same guy that played mandalorian uh pedro pedro pascal, pascal? no oh. um no it's not him it's uh fuck i can't remember but yes no it's not pedro pascal but it's i'll have to google it <laughs> Anyways, there's a couple of other famous. That still ones. sounds like a fun doubleheader, though. I, yeah, I, yeah. Like uh, Lionsgate did a AMA with Nick Cage on Reddit the other day. Yeah, they were they were in the they were putting was, out uh, tweets with little videos of him answering tweet questions. With really, you know, assuming it's him, and it sounded kind of I hate to say it, it sounds like him. Oh, it is Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I didn't know he was in that. Cool. And uh, he's a. Uh, you know, really thoughtful answers, and you know, you could kind of hear Nick Cage saying these things. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's like, wow, this is a really good AMA. Yep. Um, so I'd heard about it, and then I saw the trailer comes through. It's like, well, let's watch the trailer. Oh, this looks hilarious as fuck. <laughs> so, so speaking of Pedro Pascal, uh, Ajax watched Wonder Woman eighty four for the first time the other night. I watched it with him, and uh, I've not pa- yet seen that. Pedro is Pascal is is one of the main characters in it. Is it decent? I've heard hit and miss things about it. We really enjoyed it, and part of the reason we really enjoyed it, it's like it has things that a lot of other DC movies don't have like positivity and colors (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're um so we got the new phone plans and such and ours apparently came with a subscription to hbo whatever max max apparently the batman yes we watched that too when that dropped and we're gonna so we're probably gonna watch that after you leave tonight okay cool yeah um a- HBO is owned killer. by HBO no, is owned by Warner Brothers, so like a lot a lot of Warner films show up there fairly quickly after their theatrical debut. Like Batman just dropped into theaters on Thursday or Friday of last week, and then they dropped it on HBO Max on like really? Monday. Really? Yep. That quickly? Yep. 
Wow. Well, they did a simultaneous release for several films uh, late last yeah, year. Like COVID and, you know. Matrix 4 premiered in Dune. theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. Dune. Yeah, you're right. Dune's another one that oh, it dealt I, with. Hmm. Like, that actually ended up on iTunes after, like, three months. And Panther bought it and got to see it that way. And he yeah. thought it was great. It was. It's a decent version of Dune. Uh, He's know, a I've Dune head. That. I mean, mm. yeah, you know, I've seen every version of every cut, so. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I mean, but Fuzz and I watched it. It was fine. Um, it and was after fine. knowing the books, there were some of the nice touches that they added to that that they didn't, you know, from the books. But I was sitting there, kind of explaining some of the significance of what's going on yeah. to Sarah well, because I, mean, I know it backwards kind of what and forwards. Fuzz and I did oh. for Ajax because he's a wee bab and hadn't ever really read the book so some of the shit that i haven't read the books but i saw the 84 film yeah. so i was familiar with the general so concept. some of the stuff flew over his head oh like, i've read i've read the i'm books. sure tons of it went over my head because i haven't read any of the yeah. books it was a good rendition of the books. my I mean, only experience was the 80s movie i like the 80s movie a lot of people go eh, i like it i've watched the 80s movie i watched the miniseries they did for sci-fi children of doom no, wait, sure. that was the other one. They did a Dune miniseries. Yeah, yeah. it was just regular-ass Dune that we watched together, and then we watched that. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm very well familiar with it, even if it's not it's not a favorite thing of mine. If, if you want some fucking old-ass sci-fi that I really dig, though, Foundation on Apple TV, fucking mm-hmm. ruled. Ma- Foundation was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Foundation is, is excellent. I am sci-fi. absolutely looking forward to season two. So, we just finished up... Uh, enterprise and so we're watching enterprise and there's like the vulcan ambassador yes and i'm watching it's like fuck i know him where do i know him from it's driving me nuts because his face it's gary something right this is real name i i don't remember but it was just like so I pulled IMDb and started to scroll, scroll, scroll. It's like, I saw something. he was in the Alien Nation TV series, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. So I was flipping through. It's like, holy crap, it's Alien Nation. And it's like, text Siam. Siam, can you find the Alien Nation such? Because now I want to watch it. So he pulled down the movie and the show. Yep. There are different casts in the movie and the show. Oh, I, think, I know, but, but I feel like you, I need to make Sarah yeah. watch the movie to frame the show. Yeah, it's sort of like watching Stargate the film is good before you watch Stargate the series. Yeah, it's not... It, it, it sets, like, the foundation. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite the same, but you kind of need to know the source material to get the show. I read the sh- I watched the show. I loved the books. You know, I used to... I was a big buff of Also, LA the guy Nathan. playing Ra is uh, super fucking hot yeah. in the Stargate movie. <laughs> um, uh, oh, who was it? There was someone who plays, uh, who's actually the alien in Alien Nation. It was not someone I was expecting it to be. I'll have to look Mandy it up. Mandy Patinkin? Yeah, it was Mandy Patinkin playing him. I was like, yeah. I didn't realize it. I, I probably would now, you know, rewatching right. it, but... At that point in time, I didn't have a lot of frame of reference of who the hell Mandy Patinkin is. Yeah. But I've watched Dead Like Me and a whole bunch of other stuff with him since. So like Alienation is the only thing I've seen him in, but I know that he's like a fairly well-known person now. But I don't think he was in the late 80s, 90s when the TV show was on. So that kicked off a... So talk about old sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By old, I mean like so, early 2000s. Now that you've watched Enterprise, have you watched Lower Decks yet? Oh, God, yeah. 
Okay, all right. We watched Lower Decks the first season that came out before we even started all the Star Trek. Gotcha. That's what started See, this. you need to re-watch it mm-hmm. now because you're going to get so many, and Sarah is going to get so oh, many no. references. I had gotten all the reference all the way through. So had Noxie. Sarah, had, it was funny, but it kind of went, Nyeh. So we watched yeah. the first season, and now, since then, we have watched all of TNG, all of DS9, all of Voyager, and all of Enterprise, and we're just starting back on Discovery, because me and haven't <laughs> seen like the first two seasons, mm-hmm. but right. Noxie hadn't, so we're doing a full rewatch of that, but now we need to go rewatch Lower Decks and appreciate all of the in-joke. <laughs> so... Um... Real quick, my birthday present for Ajax arrived, like the day before his birthday. Um, I ordered one of those nice models from Eagle Moss of the USS Cerritos. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll take a picture of it uh, when I get home. But uh, they uh, they do a lot of like really nice, detailed replicas. Um, and they have access to multiple properties. So this is a company I've ordered like all these little... models of different TARDIS consoles from over the years, but they also do Star Trek, and I'm not falling down the hole of buying every starship because that way lies madness. Did you ever, did I ever show you what Noxie made for Sarah for Christmas? I don't think so. So she had a buddy who has a 3D printing service. Oh. She got him to print in bright red plastic a Horgon. Yeah, do you see oh, do you see yes. Jamaha Roan? Yes. And then she took and she painted it with like browns and blacks. It looks like it's made of wood. Oh my it god. It looks really killer. I oh. mean and that was after watching so much TNG and trips to Riza and Yes. Like, do you yes. see Jamaha Roan? <laughs> <laughs> so now he's got a Horgan sitting up on his shelf that's oh. kind of for two years of like nightly watching little bits of Trek. Oh dude, that's since awesome. Since COVID started. That's so cool. So the reason I'm laughing is uh, Glacier Clear. They've been apparently been watching uh, Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. So they did a caricature, well, they, their version of Moon Knight slash Oscar Isaac with the, the tweet, I'm going to peg this man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes. And also I've seen a couple more artists that I follow saying, hey, the bad guys is actually really good. Go see it. Uh, I saw a tweet the other day that referred to Oscar Isaac as the MCU's humanoid Labrador. <laughs> yeah. Now it, and I'm like, he's kind of, he's adorable like that. We were going like back that. and forth whether or not we wanted to watch Moon Knight or the Batman after you guys head out. And now you're pushing me in the other direction of wanting to watch Moon Knight. Um, well, okay, so pluses and minuses, pros of the Batman, it's a single two-hour movie. Two it's three and a half. hours, It's man. a single three-hour movie. You can watch and get the whole story in one shot. Moon Knight's still airing. So it's on, oh. like, episode four just dropped out of, like, I don't know how many episodes. So you can let it if you want to wait for it to spool up and then watch it and then binge it over a couple of sessions. But Moon Knight is, is really, really good. Like, Ajax and I have been watching it uh, every week as it's been coming out. We're bingers. We tend to, like, just watch. Yeah, like, some shit is, like, so good that I just want to least- watch it. Or, or at least let it build up so we could do like two or three a night, and then by the time we get around to it, we'll have another two or three. You know, let it spool up a little, yeah, so that we can watch as much as we want in the night and then stop. Speaking of shows getting another season or, or coming out or whatever, did either of y'all watch Russian Doll? 
Not yet. No. Panther oh, did. Okay. He liked it. Well, after three years, Russian Doll got a second season. And like it's like seven episodes. They're <laughs> all already available on Netflix. So I'm going to probably binge my way through that here soon. Uh, but also other really good shows that I think we've mentioned before. Severance. Severance yes. and I have both watched Severance. Severance is fucking amazing. Have either of you watched Euphoria? I no. don't think so. I've heard it's really good. Um, oh, and I went to Scarby uh, two Last weekends weekend. ago. Yeah. And I happened to wear like a super nerdy What We Do in the Shadows. Oh. Uh, you know, it's like Lazlo and Naja and Dandor and not you, Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> and I got so many comments of, I love that show. But one particular set of either gals or they, them, pulled me aside as like, have you watched, you know, our flag means death. It's like, no. It, so it's Ajax it's, watched that. He says it's really good. He said apparently it's by uh, Taika Waititi. Yes. Like, and he's in it. Yep. And it's got a lot of LBGT stuff it, in they're it. They're gay pirates, apparently. Oh, man. Yes. There is so much fucking gay pirate shit on Twitter right now. I'm Prob- okay with this. No, I'm, I'm just sort of like, man. Probably inspired by oh, yeah, that it's show. Literally, the, they have a fandom now. Awesome. Is, you know. Gay pirates. Gay pirates and then insane fans, but mm-hmm. gay pirates. The um, Johnny, speaking about gay pirates, Johnny Depp's trial has been very oof. Oh, I yep. have paid zero attention to that. It's very oof, not, and it's against her, against him. Some of the stuff that got recorded, holy shit, she treated him like crap. Oh. Like, hit him, cut off a fingertip. What? <laughs> Yeah, Um, there's recordings of her being an absolute cunt to him. Yeah. Like, absolute (laughs) cunt. It's like, I didn't punch you. It doesn't matter. It's a hit. It's a slap. It doesn't matter. Man up, you know? It's Mm. like, all the shit that abusers say? It's like, oh. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so just on the thing of... It's something you should pay attention to, because right now it's sounding kind of... He got painted in a really bad light, but no, there's some... She did some really shitty crap to him. Like, the one thing I saw about that was, like, when he was asked if he ever did drugs with Marilyn Manson, he was like, yeah, I gave him a pill so he'd stop talking so much. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that that tracks. That that sounds reasonable. (laughs) Marilyn Manson turned out to actually be another legit piece of shit. Yeah. Like, there's been, like, at least eight, I think, women have accused him of sexual assault. Um, and, like, one being his either ex-girlfriend or ex-wife. I think ex-wife. A lot of shit came out about him. And now he's trying to, like, repaint his image. Like, he's saying that he's found Jesus. <laughs> he went to this retreat, Jesus retreat, with, like, Kanye West and, I think, Justin Bieber. Because, you know, that's, but yeah. Yeah, and like, they're all problematic in different ways, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, I I hadn't really paid much attention because I kind of have the trending tab, like, hidden on my Twitter You're not big on celebrity shit. I'm I'm not either, but I I hear about it anyway. I'm on, like, a, a couple of the bots that do clips from Reddit. A couple of the clips from his trial came through mm. of, you know, it's like, oh, wow, she's a cunt. And just listening to her basically going, I didn't hit you. It was just a slap. Stop being a baby. You know, just it's all the shit that, you know, 
abusers say. Abusers say. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that that was the whole thing, too, is like, because, hey, turns out women can be abusive, too. Mm-hmm. And this happened to be like, oh, we recorded this. And, yeah. You know, so were these recordings from their therapy sessions, or was he recording their I don't conversations know. I didn't on the download? Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, Johnny Depp, you're such a pussy getting beat up by a woman, her... And it's like, well, no. He, <laughs> I haven't actually seen anybody say that. I mean, I saw oh, it yeah. when it mm. like first came out that <laughs> right. he was like divorcing her for being abusive, and people were like, "You're a man. You call yourself a man. You're getting hit by a woman." It's like, uh, well, he also got dragged for a while. Of basically, he was the abuser, and they a lot of people took her side because, well, of course, you know. Yeah, and he he lost his job in uh, Fantastic Beasts. They recast Grindelwald, which honestly I think is good for him because. That's not a franchise you really want to be associated yeah, with. Yeah, Johnny Depp as Wizard Hitler is not a good spot. And the fact that that movie franchise is crashing and burning, like, to the point that uh, it's probably going to get canceled. They're like, if movie three doesn't make X amount of money, we're not going to make four and five. And, you know, apparently Rowling is freaking out about that. And good. Yes. <laughs> you know, the I think J.K. <laughs> Rowling gets a lot of hate online. But it's not enough. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I liked the series, but I when I was looking for movies and it was what was playing in the, the really nice theater up in Plano, it's like, I, I want to, but I can't give them money. I mean, yeah. like... Yeah, I'll never watch another Harry Potter-related media I'll again. go see Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. And it, it's, it's hit like <laughs> Ender's Game for me. Yeah, yeah it's I a damn shame. Can't. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. This should not be surprising, but apparently Severance has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. The first season in terms Excellent. of reviews. I went to go look to see, and Bad Guys has an 85%. Hmm. I, was, I was looking to go see the, the box office returns, mm-hmm. which I should go to Box Office Mojo instead, because that's easier to find that data. Mm. I, um, I like Rotten for Tomatoes for giving a bead on if I'm going to, like, like, if I go with, like, the fan feeling. Yeah. I, I usually, more than, like, the uh, critics... That's usually a bit a good thing on if I should bother spending money on this to go watch it in the theater, you know? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. I do take it with a grain of salt, though, because then you have chuds, like, review bombing movies like Captain Marvel, because they're like, ooh, it's a girl. That's why I looked at <clears throat> the, the fan reactions, not... No, that's what I'm saying. That's what the, the fan... The fans panned it? Yeah, because oh. the woman main character is a superhero, and, like... All the misogynist <laughs> wow. grognards are like, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, just to give you guys a little bit of uh, reference point here, Morbius, the movie that cost only $70 million and has been panned to high heaven, mm. made $66 million, actually almost $67 million on its opening weekend. Fantastic Beast, The Secret of Dumbledore, made $53 million and cost $200 million to make. Um and on equivalent numbers of screens. So, needless to say, Fantastic Beasts ain't doing so fantastic. Well, Whereas, fucking, the... the Batman's at $366 million. One of the folks I play WoW with, big DC fan, mm-hmm. uh, went and saw the Batman, and he's just like, it's the best. I mean, he's seen them all. Yeah. yeah oh. all, if it's DC, he's seen it. Okay, and Morbius like, came out before fantastic beast by two weeks i i got the dates wrong. and he was like it's still, really good it's the best one i've seen go watch it i was like okay 50 million opening weekend on a 200 mil budget is not good yeah what did uh well 
what is um well the bad guys just came out today Batman yeah it doesn't have any listening week, but like okay so. sonic the hedgehog 2 has made 130 million and it came out on the 8th <clears throat> so two weeks and it's made 130 million Not i bad. haven't seen the first one have you seen it no nope. uh, like sarah and other people had but it's like i kind of want to see it just by virtue of one jim carrey is allowed to be as nuts as he wants and also idris elba as fucking knuckles yeah apparently he really he he really enjoyed doing that yeah yeah like they've interviewed him about like if he'd want to come back for another one and he's like oh yeah of course totally so i'm like that's cool that is iris elba is one hell of a beast of man (laughs) (laughs) that is true ah all right well now that we've split the episode into Saverin has some rants and the media hour. Um, <laughs> it's getting past 10, guys. We should probably wrap it up. We're at an hour and 12 on the raw. And uh, the raw. this episode is not quite as dogs barking at clouds as the last few have been. Well, we're not in the backyard, so yeah, we, we're, we're... Bo can't bark at the microphones either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's been exiled from the room. Uh we, we took a quick break earlier, and he immediately darted up to me as I stepped outside, like, oh, shit, you're here. Pet me, please. <laughs> um, I will have to go give him some pets before we go again. He likes people. Yep. He likes me, specifically. Uh, well, I'm one of the people he likes. Uh, so, that being said, um, you can find us on Twitter. Fuzz has been managing the Southpaw's Twitter account and doing a bunch with that. Um getting that engagement um <laughs> retweeting things you can find shiva and i in the telegram fan chat still going strong um we'll link in the show notes as always we have a patreon patreon.com slash southpawscast that if you want to give us money as a tip jar that'd be fucking great don't have to it'd be nice if you did though and then that's pretty much it but you know what you can always go to forplanet.com and buy yourself some physical books that's right fuzz you need to mail out those books get those orders get those hot books into grubby furry paws yep I, I mean, even... there's fapping to do, goddammit. Yeah. It's not all <laughs> porn, damn it. <laughs> Actually, like, has there really released some novels? I don't think you've done any new art books in the last little bit, right? Oh. Uh, Didn't you get some new Glossy Stock comics, though? We did a new comic collection by Scapo. Oh, yeah. His, like, mechanic thing uh, with the yeah, snakes. Yeah, Keepers, Volume 1. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was another... Well, my memory is for shit. Yeah, I don't know what was um, new at, at Fiesta because I wasn't working. So its official release date is July 5th, but we did have copies at Fiesta, and that's uh, Unfinished Business by Tim Sussman. Ah, nice. Which is a, um, it's a detective noir novel. It's like with an urban fantasy. Urban fantasy, shifters shifter ghost partner of the main character who's a pi nice um and i've actually like i submitted it for review to like a a bunch of the major trade um reviews review sites and it's been getting some really good reviews like we're actually having to cover revise so we can put some good um like blurbs on it from review sites and stuff yeah yeah, so So that so you know a bunch of people got that in their hands at Fiesta. So if you enjoyed it, please go on for Planet, go on Amazon, review it. This is under the Argyle imprint, so a lot of it'll be sold by a distribution. So definitely go to like Amazon and bookshop.org and 
leave reviews there. Um, and, you know, you can also order any of our books from your local bookstore because they all have ISBNs. Yeah. So you could just, like, you know, give them the ISBN. They should be able to pull it up in their system. But uh, so that that comes out in July. But we've already started so uh, selling like it at cons. Anthrocon release. Yep, it'll we'll have it for Anthrocon. Uh, it was sort of a a soft launch at at TFF. It's know. a positive buzz going around. Yep, yep. Uh, it, it's it's a book I really enjoyed. Um, right now, I'm we're not publishing this book. Uh, it's a self published book, but um, I enjoy Madison Scott Clary's writing like a lot. So I'm reading the third book in her post self uh series and uh i'm i'm just doing like like proofreading check for it but like the the first two books in that series are already out so you can pick them up um they're they're on her web our website kohalet and um i don't know if it's toldot or toldot um it's it's like a it's like a jewish word um it's from the bible even pronounce the last or maybe it's Toldo. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, I'll have to ask her actually how to how to pronounce it because uh, I didn't um, know how to say Koholet properly until listening to. Uh, so she does a podcast where she's been putting out uh, audiobook chapters of Koholet. So if you want to like kind of get a sample, let's do it a little bit. You can do that. Uh, her furry name is Makyo M A K Y O. So if you just I don't remember her URLs off the top of my head, so if you just Google that, her um, her websites should all come up. So that's what I've been reading. Also today, a book that I've been waiting in anticipation for arrived. I, I telegrammed you guys that it's uh, the Memory Librarian by Janelle Monet. Um, it's a collaborative work. She like co-writes a bunch of short stories that take place in her dirty computer universe. Mm. Um, and it's an actual book. And I, I did the pre-order through Barnes and Noble because they were offering a signed edition. So I actually have a, a, a signed hardcover of, of Janelle Monet's first book. And I'm so chuffed about that. Cause I, I really enjoyed dirty computer and like the world that she builds in the album and in mm-hmm. the accompanying emotion picture. Um, all of her shit is really good. Look, she's young, black, and queer, and she makes really good art. If you haven't listened to her music, you should totally check it out. I'm now moving on to check out her her book. I'm really happy I have that, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting into reading that soon, too. That's very cool. cool. All right, so on that note, good night. And buy some books. <laughs>